Today, after 45 years, I still remember in detail the first time I met him. I remember how he looked, and I remember his first words. I have the same recollection of first meeting my wife when we were 16. I wonder why this is. I certainly did not have any idea at the time the impact both would have on my life. But this man has been with me these many years, in my decisions and in many of my efforts to sort out what kind of man I wanted to be. It was 18 January, 1964. Dick Anderson and I flew in from San Francisco the day before, after a 20-hour ordeal through Honolulu, Guam, and Clark Air Base in the Philippines. I had just graduated from flight school and volunteered for Vietnam. I hoped a combat tour, nominal as the combat was, would help what was a decidedly mediocre, even disastrous career to that point. We were joining the 57th Medical Detachment, HA, Helicopter Ambulance, the only helicopter ambulance unit in Vietnam. The 57th covered the entire country with five UH-1B Huey Bell helicopters and was the first unit to use that magnificent bird in combat. The unit arrived at Nha Trang, Vietnam, in April of 1962, without operational definition, doctrine, or support. When the commander, John Temporelli, asked the local medics if they knew where he was to be stationed, their answer was, No, we don't know a damn thing about you. I would have a similar experience five years later. Their primary mission was U.S. casualties, barely thirty hostile deaths to that point. Initially, the 57th was forbidden to carry Vietnamese patients, who were the only significant casualties at the time. In 1962, the 57th flew a paltry 235 evacuations, hardly a good day's work in future times. Their most difficult mission was to keep other aviation units from cannibalizing 57th aircraft for non-medical missions. On one occasion, Temporelli was ordered to turn over key parts of three aircraft, rendering them unflyable for other aircraft engaged in an air assault. The assault had no aeromedical coverage. Some grunt commanders give little thought to casualty needs until they need help, and then they scream at the medics. The 57th medical leadership, usually a physician, was not helpful. They initially tried to scatter the 57th all over the country without any clue to the intrinsic logistical demands of an aviation unit. They would actually be forced to turn down missions for lack of fuel. In its first year in combat, not a single officer from the Surgeon General's office visited the 57th. The 57th moved to Saigon in January 1963. It now had three choppers at Tonson Nyut, the major airfield in Saigon, with one each up north, at Quignon and Pliku. U.S. forces at the time numbered some 16,000, mostly in advisory and logistical support of the Army of the Republic of Vietnam, ARVN, which did most of the fighting. The enemy was the Viet Cong, or Vietnamese Communist guerrillas, who disguised themselves as the National Liberation Front, NLF, posing as southern insurgents, nationalists fighting for freedom, not communism. Ho Chi Minh also tried to hide his communist identity, knowing that an informed people would reject communism. The Viet Cong were known as the VC, Victor Charlie or Charlie by the GI. Regular force North Vietnamese Army, NVA troops, were rarely encountered. Major Charles Kelly was the third commander of the 57th, in command one week when Dick and I arrived. The unit call sign was Dustoff, selected from a Navy operational list by Lloyd Spencer, the second 57th commander, because some choppers in the dry season disappeared in a cloud of dust. 
It caught on and became permanent for ease of communication. When someone cried dust off into a microphone, Mike, everyone knew it was a cry for medical help. Dust off was also given its own frequency, invaluable in the confusion that surrounds casualty situations. Major Harry Phillips later developed dust off into the acronym Dedicated Unhesitating Service to Our Fighting Forces. Phillips was killed on a night mission. We were picked up at the airfield and taken to our quarters in an old French villa by a sharp combat arms pilot, Chuck Schecksneider, assigned to the 57th. The heat was oppressive. When I stepped off the plane, I felt like I was suddenly wrapped in a steaming hot wool blanket. I could hardly breathe. I was not in bad shape, but would lose 16 pounds in the next month. Dick and I were anxious to know what was going on, and Chuck told us of a massive ARVN combat operation happening as he spoke.